and I swear I spent hours wanting to throw my arms around them and protect them from the world. We all did, even Tuesday. But she was tough as nails, too. As Mary wrote of her experiences in a bomb disposal unit in Iraq, I was shot at, sniped, stabbed, smashed, run over, blown up four times, rocketed, mortared, had to clear sites that my friends were just killed at, had an Iraqi man try to buy me and had an ovarian cyst rupture, all before having an IED go off while holding it, taking off my arms. It was a litany of trauma, wounds, and pride that only a soldier could understand, and only the strong could endure. You don't give up easily after experiences like that. You don't talk much about them, either. And then, on the fourth or fifth day at ECAD, Mary came waltzing in with Remy and threatened to beat Ricky and me to death with her stumps. Her word, stumps. That's the fighting spirit of an American soldier. That's a testament to the power of service dogs. They're psychological bodyguards. They make you feel secure and comfortable merely by their presence, especially in the honeymoon period when you first get them. They are the embodiment of your new and better life. They give you confidence when there was little but doubt and anxiety before. That is not to say my days at ECAD with Tuesday were easy. I had classes at Columbia most days, so the schedule was grueling. Drill, 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 then off to class, take a break, then drill some more. Tuesday was trained, but I was not, and I had only two weeks to learn the basics of a new life. It was hours of frustration, punctuated by short bursts of accomplishment and joy. Tuesday knew 80 commands, and that's a lot to remember for a human being, especially one with PTSD, and especially when Lou kept raising the bar for success. When I finally learned heel and side, and we became competent at walking together, Lou added other commands. Tell him to climb onto the box. Stop, Tuesday. Good boy. Jump on. He knows the box. You can just say box. Now tell him to look out the window. Let's go, Tuesday. Good boy. Heel. Heel. Window. He doesn't know window. What do you think we teach him here, Luis? Up, Tuesday. That's a window. Window. Good boy. Now try your cane. Look, Tuesday. Get my cane. That's it. Get it. That's right. Bring it here. Good boy. Lou and her staff tried their best to disrupt us. They opened doors as we walked past or dropped treats in Tuesday's path that he was supposed to ignore. We were told to use the go command, which tells Tuesday the next commands will be given from a distance, then distracted him with wheelchairs, chew toys, the mailman, she wanted to see how Tuesday would react to a stranger, other dogs, and umbrellas. The world is a complicated place. Out there, an umbrella suddenly opening was the least of the distractions. On the fourth day, when Ricky and Andrew were matched with their dogs, we started walking around the campus at Children's Village. The next day, we took a van to a local mall for public practice, then returned to walk around the table in the big room at ECAD, following the ever-present painted yellow line. It was a topsy-turvy time, both highly stressful and blissfully freeing. Sometimes it felt like Tuesday and I were making progress. Other times it seemed we were losing the basic commands we had mastered three days before. Ricky bought a blinged-out gold collar for Rayburn, and I went around for two days saying in my best Mr. T impersonation, which unfortunately sounded more like Hulk Hogan, I pity the dog that has to be seen with Ricky Boone.
The next day, my hand shook when I reached out to touch Tuesday, and I knew that contact with him was the only thing keeping me nailed to the ground. I didn't realize how far we'd progressed until we took the train to a nearby town for our first long outing, a morning in the park. It sounds easy, I know, but it's not. Parks are crowded, distracting Tuesday and me for entirely different reasons. I was hypervigilant and nervous. Tuesday was fascinated by the squirrels. My failure to reach him, combined with the pressure of being in public for several hours, had a strong effect on my mood. I had left my medicine back at ECAD, and as noon approached, my back began to hurt and my head to swim. I could feel the drugs leaving my bloodstream, and by the time we headed for the train station for our return to Dobbs Ferry, I was so anxious and unnerved, I had almost forgotten Tuesday was at my side. By the time the train approached, I was on the edge. I could feel the emptiness in my veins.